Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Lord, oh, I have a message today for you that I know is straight from heaven, and I know it's going to encourage you no matter where you are in life. We all come from different places. Some of us had a a week that had victories and some of us had a week that had defeats and probably most people had a little bit of both you had some mountains and some valleys if they if there weren't valleys there wouldn't be mountains and if there weren't mountains there wouldn't be valleys and so that's just how life goes but God is on our side and uh, it's good to be in God's house this is the first service of two today and I know that there's victory in this place today hey we did have an exciting week and I just wanted to mention it um uh, we had freedom class, total freedom class, and, you know, sometimes in freedom class we have five people show up, sometimes we have, you know, 50 people show up, and we had about a class of close to 20 people this week, and it was just a great, great, great class. We started on Tuesday, it was for the first time we did it at Tuesday at 6 o'clock, and uh, I think you can jump in if you want to come in this Tuesday night. If you haven't gone through total freedom, I'm telling you it's a way uh, that just talks about uh, victory in life that God Jesus didn't come just to get you saved but he came to get you free in every area of life somebody say amen today that's right also yesterday thank you so much for those who served our community yesterday awesome 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 I mean what a cool time Cooper Young was packed with people we didn't even know if it was gonna happen because of the rain and all that but I'll tell you not only did uh, people show up uh, from our church but you showed up full of the spirit and full of love and I, I could see all the interactions that were going on I've w- watched people being prayed for I watched people you know you're putting smile on people smiles on your faces people come up and ask you what's this what is this is this a church what is you know and you j- just share the love of Jesus with them most ministry that happens I'm convinced is outside of the church not inside of the church Right? This is just a place for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Where, where a lot of ministry is going to go on is all during the week. We're only here a couple hours a week. You know, maybe if you come to, to both you know, Sundays and Tuesdays, you, you may only be here three or four hours a week, five hours a week or so. But outside you live, there's 168 hours in the week. The majority of the week is outside and there's a lot of ministry out there. And Jesus said to be the salt and the light. And I'll tell you what, one of, the, one, one of the greatest witnesses that we can have is to love one another. And so love people. People aren't used to being genuinely loved. And, um, and that's what we're a church who does that. So thank you for being a part and thank you for loving people and ministering to people. In fact, when we have baptisms, we're going to have a baptism uh, next service. And uh, when we have baptisms, you know, the majority of the people that will get baptized are people that people have led people to Jesus and they bring them in and they get them baptized. You know, sometimes people get saved in here and they get saved outside. They, 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 what saved is, is they make a decision for Jesus. And that's what we're to be as witnesses and to tell people about the goodness of the Lord. So God is a good God. Amen. Well, it was good to sing today. Actually... Oh man, I'm debating whether I'm gonna I'm gonna sing I'm gonna just just sing something I'm gonna sing just something this morning. Um, I don't do this because I have so much good singing here and so much good worship. But there was a I'm teaching on joy.
joy today, and I just have a couple of points on joy today. And there's a song that, uh, it, it's nothing special, but it, it just it was to my heart that I was singing to the Lord this week, and it just goes, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength, I'll walk through the trial. my strength. Can you try it with me? us a secret weapon to carry us through things, Lord. You've given us a secret weapon not to give up, to create hope inside of our hearts. And it, it's beyond reason. 
It's beyond our thoughts. <laughs> it's beyond our understanding because when we get over into reason and understanding, Lord, we know <laughs> it's when we start going downhill because <laughs> things don't always make sense. Spiritual things don't always make sense. <laughs> Spiritual things don't always equate. In fact, they equate to chaos, not to victory. And Lord, we thank you today that you've given us joy. In fact, it's something you put in our DNA, our spiritual DNA, the fruit of the spirits, love and joy. We have joy, Lord, on the inside today. I have joy on the inside today. Oh, Lord, there's nothing. When God is for me, who can be against me? Because of your joy, Lord, keeps me going. Thank you for it, Lord, today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to give you five points about joy. Number one is that, my mic, number one is that this, joy is a fruit. <laughs> joy is a fruit. When you were born again, you were born of the Spirit of God. And the fruit of the Spirit, if you look in Galatians 5.22... It says this, that the fruit of the Spirit, and when you see Spirit, it's capitalized, S. It's capitalized, which means, you know, the translators would say, well, that's obviously the Holy Spirit. Well, it is the Holy Spirit. But our spirit was born of His Spirit, right? You, you whether you like it or not, look like your parents. <laughs> Why? You have the DNA that they have. Do you know that our spirits look like our our, our heavenly father, right? We're, he is spirit. We are spirit. So when he is love, when we were born again, what do we have on the inside? We have love on the inside. That's what we talked about last week. But the second fruit of the spirit is joy. Do you know you have joy on the inside? <laughs> well, well why, don't, why doesn't it come out? I don't feel joy. Well, joy is not a feeling. It's a fruit. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, muscles that you don't exercise, you don't know they're there. Have you ever, uh, have you ever uh, when you go, go start working out and you start exercising those calves, you know, the calves are like back here in the bottom, and you start doing these calf raises, you know, and you get to the next morning, you know you have calves. You may, you may not know you had calves before, right? Or you start exercising a certain, you know, your biceps or your triceps or your chest or something. You start exercising, you get out there and you haven't done it for a while. When, when you do it, you become aware of it. Why? Because you exercise it, you put it to use. You know, when you put your joy to use, you'll start becoming aware of it and realize, but we ought to stay in joy. Joy is a fruit. We have joy on the inside. In fact, right before Galatians 5:22, where it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, put that on the screens, love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, and self-control, he goes on and says, but right before that, he says the works of the flesh are, and he tells all these nasty things, you know, uh, all these bad things about our flesh. What he's saying was, is we have, there's fruit of the flesh or the works of the flesh, but there's also the fruit of the spirit. You are spirit, spirit on the inside, but you have a flesh on the outside. So which, which tree are you going to pick from? right? Someone comes up and flips you the bird. <laughs> and what are you going to do? Are you going to pick up the free, the, the fruit of the, of the flesh <laughs> and flip it right back? <laughs> right? Or are you going to pick up the fruit of the spirit and say, man, I don't know if you've had a bad day, but I'm not going to make it worse. Right? Because we have the fruit of the spirit on the inside. You don't have to pray for joy. Oh Lord, give me joy. Just like you don't have to pray for, you know, like I said, biceps. You don't have to pray for muscles. You don't have to pray for ears. You just need to use them. 
You just need to use joy. We need to exercise it. And the more we exercise it, the more that we become aware of it. So let's pick from the fruit of joy and not from the flesh. Number two is joy is a choice. Joy is your choice. I know that some people think that joy has to do with how their life was. Well, I don't have joy. I'd be happy too if I had your life. That's not not true. That's just not true. I've watched some of the most, I'm telling you, I've been around church and I've been, I've been around the world. I've been all, I've been in different cultures of people and I've watched some of the poorest most desperate people, the people who've been in, in, in uh, sex trafficked when they were a kid, people who've been raised in the foster care system, people who've been going through some of the worst things, and you see the biggest smiles on their face, and you say, what is it? Well, they, they carry something. It's not a reaction to circumstance. And I've watched some of the richest, most wealthy people with some of the best family conditions and homes and houses and cars and and assets that have had some of the hardest faces. Because joy is not a condition. Joy is not a reaction to how life comes out for you. Joy is a fruit that you have on the inside. And you have to choose that fruit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, Rejoice in the rejoice always. <laughs> I like that verse because it's only two words. If you want to memorize a verse in the Bible today, how about that one? Rejoice always. In fact, these are three verses in a row. Pray without ceasing. Another verse. Another verse. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Leave that verse. Leave that, leave that up for a moment. You know, I, I, I wondered if they put those verses uh, because of the the content that's in that. We could just sit on that one verse, rejoice always, all the time, right? What is rejoice? Well, it's it's not only have joy, (laughs) rejoy, refresh, have have it again, right? We have joy on the inside, but sometimes we need to rejoice. Restore unto me, the psalmist said, the joy of my salvation, right? You You may have had joy, but do you have joy today? Do you have joy this minute? You have joy right now in your life. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Notice he didn't say for everything. (laughs) Right? I don't know if you've ever got a ticket before. You got pulled over. You've been driving too fast. Or you did something you shouldn't have done. You rolled a stop sign a little bit. You know, they call it a California stop. But you roll a stop sign and the police officer pulls you over and you just go, oh, I had a horrible day. No, you know what? In everything, give thanks. Thank God I didn't get into an accident. Thank God it woke me up and caused me to be a better driver, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. There's always something to, to thank God for. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, rejoice always. Do you think God would ask us to do something if we couldn't do it? No. See, he tells us to rejoice. It's a command because we can do it. I know people think, well, the reason I don't have joy is because this and this and this. No, the reason you don't have joy is because you choose not to. That's the reality. The reason we don't have joy is because we choose not to have joy. We should have joy in every single circumstance. Well, I hate my work. I hate my job. Well, have joy. Maybe, you, maybe you'd enjoy it more. Maybe you hate it because 
you're, you're, you're such a downer on it. And you talk so, the Bible says a man shall have joy by the fruit of his mouth. You talk bad about something, you're not going to have joy from it, right? I'm on a diet. I hate this food. I hate broccoli. I hate this. Well, a man shall have joy by the, he'll, he'll have joy by the fruit of his mouth, Proverbs says. Joy comes from how you speak over things. That, that, or, let me ask you, are you a joy to be around? That's one of the ways you know you have joy. Are you a joy to be around? Why doesn't anybody like to be around me? <laughs> you don't like to be around you? Others don't like to be around you? Why am I always depressed? Because you're around you, you know? <laughs> and how do we change that? Joy. We got to get joy out of our mouths. Amen. Somebody say amen today. Amen. Joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. James 1.22. Joy is a choice. James 1.22 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Notice, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You know, that means things you didn't plan for. You plan things in your day, but there are things that come up, bills that come up, um, uh, something that something hit you and you didn't anticipate. Someone came against you and you didn't anticipate. Some temptation happened. Something happened with your business. Something happened with your finances. Something happened with relationally and you didn't know what to do. Instead of looking at it and say, look it, I'm a victim. Look at what happened to me. No, the Bible says count it all joy. Why? Because something's going to be produced in that. Um, I used to wrestle when I was in high school. And, uh, and I remember, you know, just talking with different wrestlers and talking with my boys wrestled. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, newer wrestlers would get out there and they'd say, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about the match tonight. And I'd say, well, why is that? Because I know I can whoop this guy. I beat him before. I can be. And then, but, but after you come along after a while, the, you'd get more experience in wrestling and you'd say, ah, I don't really want, even want to go tonight. Why not? Because I've already beat this guy. It, the joy is not in the winning the joy is in the learning. So you say, but I'm wrestling a state champ at the, at, the, at the meet this weekend, at the tournament this weekend. I'm excited about it. Well, why, why would you be excited wrestling the state champ? Because I, something's going to be produced in me. It's gonna be, I'm going to be a better wrestler because I'm wrestling someone at a higher level, right? That, that's what he says. Count it all joy when you faced harder things. Why? Because it's producing something in you. Count it all joy when it would be like you go out to lift weights and your weights start at 20 pounds, then 30 pounds, then 50 pounds, then 100 pounds, then 150. Count it all joy that the in increase of opposition is coming against you. Why? Because the reason the increase is because you're increasing. Patience is increasing. Something in you is increasing. So if you have big opposition, say, whoa, that's exciting. That means I can handle it. Something's being produced in me. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith is producing something. It's producing patience in you. Number three, joy is a perspective. Joy is a perspective. It's, it's a viewpoint. It's how you see things. If you're just looking at the circumstance at face value... I'm facing a, a, a sickness, a disease, something the, do the doctors told me. I'm facing something where I'm looking at something that's happening in my family. And I'm looking at it at face value. Then I have the reason for me to react by 
uh, by, by just doing what it, by, by reacting according to the circumstance. That's what's going to happen. That's what they said. That's, what's, that's what it means to me. So I should take on those results. No, but joy has a different perspective. It has a higher perspective. I want you, I want to read to you in uh, the book of Acts chapter 13, the disciples, <laughs> it says in Acts 13, 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Notice, the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, the word of God's being spread. But then look at verse 15. But the Jews stirred up the devout prominent women and the chief men of the city and raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? So something good was going on. These guys are preaching the gospel. These guys are getting the word out and the word of God is going and they're excited about it. And then you had some people, excuse me, you had some people that are stirring up these women and stirring up these men and getting them excited and ended up kicking Paul and Barnabas out of the land and it was a bad thing. And you think their reaction is God. And think about you in this. Think about me in, the, in this situation. God, I'm doing everything I know to do. And look at all this. It's coming against me. God, in our, is our reaction joy or is our reaction, this sucks. And uh, God, I blame it on you. You know, you would never say it because you have too much respect for God. God, what are you doing to me? Was it God who was doing it or was it people? But I want you to notice their reaction here. <laughs> Look in verse 51. It says, but <laughs> they shook off. Shake it off. I don't think that was in the Bible. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconian. Listen, that's what that shake it off means. What happens when you're doing the right thing, you're getting spiritual results, and opposition hits you? What should you do? What, why are you shaking it off? What are you saying? I don't even want to carry your dust with me. Jesus said, when you go into a town and they don't receive you, I'm going to get your dust off my feet. Why? I don't, even, I don't want to carry any sense. What the heck's that, man? bottom of my shake it off <laughs> I don't want to even carry your dust home with me listen I'm not going to carry a memory but I'm not going to carry your dust home with me somebody say shake it off yeah well when someone when you're doing the right thing and think you're getting results and someone comes against you and starts tearing you down and kicks you out of the city what should you do come on shake it off it says they shook off the dust in verse 52 and the disciples look at this were filled with does it say they were peed off? No. They were ticked off? No. What does it say? They shook it off and they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Right? With joy and with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, because that's, that's how we should react to situations. Why? Because you can't stop the gospel. You can't stop what's happening in my life. See, joy is a perspective. Look at um, Paul. Paul the apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 3, he starts and he says, We live in such a way that no one would stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. That's the way we live. He says, I want to live in such a way that people can't find fault with the way that I minister. And then he goes down in verse, so you see that he had the right motive and the right perspective, right? But then he looks look down in verse 19, 9. You think, well, then everything's going to go good with Paul because, man, this guy lived above reproach. This guy lived all, all these years in ministry and 
he didn't have any, nobody had a problem with him. What a good guy. Look in verse 9. It says, we're ignored, even though we're well known. <laughs> we live close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we've not been killed. And look at verse 10. He says, our hearts ache. Our hearts ache, but what? Say, say that with me. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Think about that. Just sit on that for a minute. Can your heart ache, but your heart still have joy? Have you ever been in a situation? I mean, we, as pastors, our hearts are in this situation all the time. Where we hear someone's going through a situation and our hearts ache. But yet at the same time, if we let that ache sit there, we'll start to get depressed. And what is our depression going to do for anybody? It's not going to do for anybody. So you know what? We say our hearts ache, but we have joy. Why? Because joy is what joy is what's going to pull it out, pull you out. Joy is the cork on the when when you're when you're throwing out the the, the fish, fishing line and you have the the floater. Joy is the thing that floats it back up. It's the thing that keeps you not dragging on the bottom, right? It says our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Look at, we are poor, but we give, we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing. Read this line with me. And yet we have, well, was his joy because everything was going right? Was, and listen, was everything going wrong because he did things wrong? No, he said, I'm trying to do everything right so that no one could say anything against me. And what happened? Everything bad was happening. And what did he do? He just said, we still have joy. We still have joy. Number four, joy is your strength. Joy is your strength. We can sit there and say, Lord, I want, I want to pray for strength. I want to pray for God, give me strength. No, God needs to give you joy. Joy is your buoyancy. Joy is your float. Joy is the thing that pulls you up. Joy is what's going to carry you through. Look at this. Joy is your strength. It's your hope. It's your motivation. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Read this last, the last part with me in yellow. Do not sorrow. Say it again. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me ask you. You have things that are going on in your life. And you say, I'm just going to sorrow and go put on some music that gets me in that emotion. Do you know what I mean? Because it makes me feel good emotionally. No, he says, don't sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Why? You need strength to, to get out of the situation. You need strength to rise. So what do you do? Don't sorrow for the joy. That's a word for somebody this morning. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, Jesus... If anybody went through sorrow and trial, it was Jesus, right? We see in Hebrews chapter 12, verse, or chapters 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, notice, who for the joy that was set before him endured. Notice, who for the joy that was set before him endured. He was going through trials and heartache. How did he get through it? Jesus, how did you get through it? He set the joy that was set before him. He wasn't looking at the trial. He was looking at the joy. He wasn't looking at what he was going through. He was looking at the answer. He was looking at why he was going through it. 
And if you don't have perspective, if you don't know that what you're going through right now is you're going through it not to go through it, but to get through it. To, to go, you're getting somewhere. God's bringing you somewhere. And, and if you say, God, teach me the lesson. And he's like, okay, here we go. No, not that way. I just want you to teach it to me out of a book. No, I'm going to teach it to you out of life experiences. I'm going to teach you this and you're going to go through it. Count it all joy when you face these things. Joy is a choice. Joy is your strength. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. Notice, he kept the joy. I could imagine Jesus. He's, he was been beaten. He's carrying the cross. And he's down the road. And he's saying, but I'm going to get my man back. I'm going to get mankind back. They're going to come back to me. I have this thing in my heart. And I'm going to break the power of sin on the cross right now. And I'm going to... Jesus, he had... He wasn't thinking about the soldiers beating him up. He was thinking about the family of God coming back together. Who for the joy that was set before him. Joy is your strength. Joy gives you hope. God, I just need hope. So you get around people who pat you on the back and tell you how hard it is for you. No, get away from them. The people who are trying to console you aren't always helping you. The people you need to be around are people that speak life and strength and hope and joy into you. Why? Because it's joy that's going to be your buoyancy. It's, it's joy that's going to pull you up. And last of all, joy is life in God. Joy is life. This is the way we should live life. It says in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, it says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. You know, we talk about somebody in the, uh, somebody in the church gave Tiffany some uh, essential oils, that, uh, you know, in this, like, this lamp, this, this little, little diffuser, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's cool. I was like, what's that? Is that an idol over there? What is that thing? It's like, <laughs> it has like a light and it, it's like this and then it starts smelling. I'm like... Man, that smells good. What is that? Sometimes I'll walk in. I, I used to say, what is that? What's that smell in our house? And then after a while, I'm like, can you light that? That thing smells good. She said, that's essential oils. I said, essential? They haven't been essential all my life. I've never heard of them. But do you know the number one, but I love it, man. I'm to get some more of that stuff. Uh, the number one essential oil in our lives is the oil of joy. And you can't buy it. It comes with you. It comes with being born again. The number one essential oil in your life is the oil of joy. He says, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But do you know in order to put on the garment of praise, you have to take off the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes we get so attached to the identity of, of, of that victimization. Sometimes we get so attached to the identity of feeling the way we, well, this is me. This is how people know me. Now you, you have to take that off in order to get the garment of praise and the oil of joy. Sometimes you get so attached to that 1980s cologne, but I like it. Yeah, but no one else does. Stop putting it on so much. No, but I like it. Yeah, it, it ain't for just you. Wear, then wear it at home at night. 
right? Wear it at home at night. You gotta, you gotta stop that old oil to put on some new oil, somebody. You gotta put off, take off the old clothes to put on some new clothes. Joy is life in God. And then Romans 12, 17 says, for the, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. He's saying you're fighting about what you're supposed to eat and what you're supposed to drink and what day you're supposed to honor and this and that. The kingdom of God is not all about this ticky-tacky. He says, but here's what the kingdom of God is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the righteousness, say it with me, righteousness. <laughs> What's righteousness? Yeah. Right standing with God the right way in the Lord peace what's peace peace man how you doing I'm doing good peace is how you feel after vacation they're like how you doing peace <laughs> doing good you feel or should I say after being relaxed our vacations I don't feel that way because we have kids I'm like <laughs> I need to go on vacation after vacation come back to life to relax okay but I'm kidding I'm kidding okay but but peace is like after you've relaxed after you've taken a couple days off and you're just like peace man Comfort, things are right. And what? And joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Joy on the inside. How many of you say today, as I just talk about joy, that you need to be flowing in joy a lot more in your life? Come on, just raise your hand. If you, you'd say, and, and how many would say, there's things that I face sometimes, and I know that as, as you're talking, I know that the Lord wants some more joy in my life. Come on, right here, right here, just right where you are. Lord God, we come before you and we receive the joy of the Lord our strength we receive the joy of the Lord I don't know what trial that each one of us are facing I don't know what situation circumstance but I pray for an, a dose uh, uh, <laughs> I pray Lord for a heavy dose of the joy of the Lord fill us up with your joy fill us up with your peace fill us up with your life fill us up with your hope we pray in the name of Jesus and we thank you for it today thank you for it today Thank you for it today, Jesus. Thank you for it today. Come on, let's just thank the Lord today. Lord, we put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Somebody just needs to thank the Lord today. Lord, we bless you today. Lord, we thank you for your joy. We thank you for your hope. We thank you for your life. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the joy of the Holy Spirit today. We love you. Bless you. Worship you. Thank you today. There's no God like you. <laughs> I love you today. The joy of the Lord is my strength today. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for it today, Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.